salt. They're like huge seed pods. Pod, where two friends discuss pop culture and more. Here are your hosts, Matt Haynes and Jay Norman. And we're back after a long hiatus. <laughs> we know our millions of fans have missed us. Oh yeah, guys, wait until you hear <laughs> what we have in store for you today. So yeah, you want to uh, you know, kick it off with... Uh, Spider-Man is just around the corner, just a week away. Series of trailers over the last couple of months. The final one dropping just a couple of weeks ago, I think, which is pretty much on par with what we've already seen. Has there ever been like a Marvel film that's been teased out this much you know, over this long of a time? I mean, all like the slow release of all the cameos, you know, the early rumors of like, oh, everybody that has ever been in a Spider-Man movie is going to be in this one. I mean, it's been a full year of that. I can't remember if if the movie's been pushed back and that might account for the kind of more crazy lead up. Yeah. I mean, I suppose that's, you know, you have to kind of look at it through the lens of the world we've been living in the last 18 months. That's a good point because yeah, I mean, like with all these movies pushed back and with this one in particular, I thought I had read, or maybe I heard from another podcast that the release uh, timeline was actually shuffled with Dr. Strange. Cause I think doc- the Dr. Strange film was originally thought to come out first. They would do, they would Dr. Strange and then this third Tom Holland Spider-Man movie, which could, could be interesting to see. I mean, once we finally see Dr. Strange as well, spring or summer of next year, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll be able to kind of like maybe evaluate, like, did it gum up the works at all to like maybe flip those two movies? Does it, can you like tell if they had to like, you know, do some last minute, you know, editing here and there to like kind of sync up some, uh, the continuity. But yeah, as far as Spider-Man, it's, you know, I don't know if there's any surprises as far as casting goes that are, you know, left at this point. Right. I think we already know everybody's going to be in it. Toby McGuire is going to be in it. Andrew Garfield is going to be in it. Yeah. And they're still doing the hard denial of it. I see. I saw an interview with uh, uh, Tom Holland that denied, you know, Toby and Andrew being in it still. And this was just this past week. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's true. I just yeah, don't, I don't, I just yeah. don't think so. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't either. <laughs> I'm not buying it. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, to bring back, you know, William Defoe, Jamie Foxx, <laughs> Alfred Molina, <laughs> yeah. Thomas Hayden Church, Church, you know, all these guys, all the old villains without, you know, having different iterations of Spider-Man himself. You know, I think one of the more, you know, memorable, you know, scenes that they've teased in the in the uh, latest trailers is basically a reenactment of the when Emma Stone like falls to her death right in the when in one of the Andrew Garfield Spider-Mans and instead it's Zendaya right. <laughs> it's like 
playing as Tom Holland's after. And I, I don't think it's going to, I don't think it's going to like end up the same because I think, I think Marvel Spider-Man fans would literally riot if they did anything to Zendaya at this point. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. And I think about what this film is going to be. I'm not quite sure, even from as much as we've seen now of these different trailers, I'm still not quite sure uh, what they're going for. So, I mean, that's a good thing. I'm glad I don't want the trailers to be highly spoilery or to feel like I've seen the whole film already. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's very, you know, we've got a collection of a lot of different scenes, but still not any like solid picture of what the the story of all this chaos is going to be. Yeah. The bigger kind of picture. Yeah. You can piece together some some of the narrative, obviously, but I think they've done a fairly good job of hiding the bigger reveals, both plot-wise and character-wise, even though we already kind of know <laughs> Toby and Andrew are going to more than likely show up at some point. It sure seems like there's a lot riding on Tom Holland's shoulders now, right? The Marvel Universe. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> yeah. With the loss of all the preeminent core heroes from the previous phases and kind of this sputtering type of like series of releases a strange film that doesn't fit as neatly into this universe like the eternals all the unfortunate delays and timing with black widow even with chong chi which is was fantastic Mm -hmm. loved it and um almost like i don't know it, it didn't feel Maybe because again we're like in this like strange time, so a lot of these these films are like handicapped by by that fact. Everything with of you know audiences in theaters, you know, for a big stretch of time and all that. But film a film like Chang Chi, which was really spectacular on a lot of levels and sets up like a great future like hero for years to come feels like it gets lost a little bit in the shuffle. But with the Tom Holland stuff, it's like we've already have Tom Holland, Spider-Man established, you know, running alongside our other uh, right. our other heroes, you know, Iron Man, Captain America. So he's like the bridge since there's such a long gap, you know, between when we'll see Thor again as well. And Thor always felt a little bit detached anyway when he yeah. wasn't in one of the Avengers films, just by nature of what that world is like. Yeah, and now Tom has signed that new contract as well for three other yeah. films. Right. And as far as we know, right, those are just three other films like in the Marvel universe. Right. Yeah. Not because I mean, if they follow kind of like a format of before, it's like it seems like three like standalone films for a given character feels like the limit mm-hmm. and feels like the right number before they start doing team up moves. Let's just hope that they don't, uh, they don't they don't burn him out. <laughs> you know, he's he's got he's got a lot going on. He's a yeah. busy dude. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, I I think we'll have a lot more thoughts. You know, once we actually see the film and right uh, you know, after <laughs> and after we start seeing some like early uh, early reviews. Yeah. But on the flip side of that, just thinking of like again going back real quick to like Tom Holland as being like this new. So it seems like Cumberbatch is kind of is kind of if Tom Holland is one A, Cumberbatch has kind of almost been one B, you know, mm-hmm. as far as like as often he's he's been his name has been out there. And 
again, you know, the next film right after Spider-Man to come will be the Doctor Strange. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not as sold as, I mean, Benedict, Benedict Cumberbatch, great actor. Like, well, I'm not as sold as like Doctor Strange, like the character being quite as magnetic and <laughs> yeah. to be able to like push this franchise forward as clearly as the previous batch of heroes did. But yeah. I guess you have, to, you have to also account for obviously the the unexpected, you know, loss of Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. Which that probably makes a, a future like kind of Avengers 2 type of team up of like Spider-Man Black Panther, Doctor Strange, and Shang-Chi, maybe, you know, <laughs> that probably feels like a little more stronger of a lineup. <laughs> yeah. So do we want to push on to Hawkeye? Yeah, let's do that. Let's move on, move towards the smaller screen. And yeah, so we're four episodes into Hawkeye. How's your Hawkeye experience going so far? <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Uh, I've been watching it uh, with the family. So that's been interesting and they all seem to enjoy it. It's been kind of a regular weekly viewing experience for us. So something to look forward to. I didn't really have high hopes for it. I didn't, I would, didn't have low hopes. <laughs> I, I just uh, was kind of like, oh, this will be interesting. Let's see what it is. And I think it's ex- definitely exceeded uh, my expectations. Yeah, I think the performances are pretty solid. Uh, throughout it's the season definitely definitely a Christmassy show you know they're pushing that element quite a bit here uh, and with the countdown to Christmas you know whether Hawkeye's going to make it home to Christmas uh, at Christmas time is also in, in that yeah how have you found it yeah I you know my basically along the same lines is where you're, where you're saying there I think we were I think we both kind of viewed it the same way on the lead up to Hawkeye on the one hand there was not a lot of lead up the Hawkeye. There wasn't a lot of like anticipation. It did seem a whole lot like there was a whole lot of promotion of like Hawkeye, you know, not to the extent that we had with with the previous Disney series. I feel, you know, we knew Hawkeye was coming, but it wasn't being pushed as hard. Yeah. Uh, and it maybe and I think maybe that's part of partly because of it's you know it's focused on a character that is kind of not been, you know, it's probably fairly maligned, right? <laughs> it's like yeah. for different reasons, you know. Yeah. They you know, play how, on that a little bit too in the show. Yeah. You know, the constant comments about him needing a PR team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is brilliant. You yeah. know, it's like, that's great. You know, own it, recognize that, you know, yeah, you know, we do for the most of Hawkeye's appearances in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it's like they didn't really have a clear, a clear purpose for him, you know, or a clear you know, idea of like where they were going with this character. Certainly, you know, nowhere along the line, you know, nowhere close to what his counterpart, you know, Black Widow, you right. know, where she was like, you know, Scarlet was definitely, this was felt like a much more fleshed out character mm-hmm. um, who had a purpose in all those films. Yeah. So all that to say is like, I think that I feel the same way. This, you know, I pleasantly surprised I'm enjoying it. It feels like it really hits the right tone a little bit more tongue in cheek, right. A little more lighthearted feels for the, you know, time of the year it's Christmassy. This feels like not only is it like, okay, we're 
kind of retrofit some of the elements of this character. We're going to try and bring in some of the content from the comics, you know, that was never going to use before, like his hearing, hearing problem. Big part of that, obviously, is they've got Matt Fraction, you know, as like a major player in this, you know, the creative team here. So, of course, it's going to be more, you know, a little bit more, he a little closer to like, you know, Hawkeye of the comics. But most of all, this feels right-sized. This is like the right-sized presentation for this character. It's like, this is this is where this character should be, for the most part, is on a streaming show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, at least, you know, how they've created this character with, you know, Jeremy Renner. And maybe another, you know, just in general, too. It's just like, it's such a straight, I mean, he's a non-superpowered guy that has you know uses a bow and arrow yeah. <laughs> it's like it's it's you know obviously they've they've poked fun at that in the past you know like in age of ultron you know with mm-hmm. it's it's kind of absurd right but it feels you know it feels better it feels more like this is the proper venue for it especially when you team him up with someone as fantastic as Haley steinfeld and she's got you know, her bow and arrow, and there's just a lot of there's good chemistry there. It, it feels more natural. The chemistry feels more authentic and natural than even like the chemistry that Renner had with Scarlett Johansson mm-hmm. in the in the big films. To me, you know, we hear we heard a lot all throughout the film run of like, oh, they're close, and they're and we get little bits of that, but it's, a lot of it felt abstract. Um, or it's told it's told to us. It's not shown. You know, right. We don't get to see whatever happened in Budapest, right? Yeah. They tell us about it and they make another, they made a little reference to that, the Black Widow film as well, right? Right. It's like, she goes back to like the, mm-hmm. but yeah, so I, I think that was all, that all contributed to part of the problem where one of the big um, emotional, um, this was in, you know, in Avengers Endgame was be you know black widow dying and it was but more because the audience you know was like mourning the loss of like black widow not as much that we could like put ourselves in like hawkeye shoes and like feel like oh my gosh you know he just lost her his best friend i mean yeah we're, we're showed that but told that but it, it again it didn't land quite as effectively i think as if they had been able to build like a more authentic chemistry between those two characters and actors. But here on the Disney plus, it's like, it's finally, it's like, we're seeing kind of something where that's you wish you would have seen that with between him and and Scarlett. Yeah. If they would have had their own little space like this, that's where you could tell that story. It's understandable. Obviously they can't do that in the big films, not enough space to devote to it. Right. And they never, Hawkeye was never going to get his own feature film. Right. Um, Scarlet finally gets hers, but it's almost like an afterthought. Mm-hmm. Even though I I liked it quite a lot. Yeah. I thought it was mm-hmm. it was it was really good. But it's you know again it's like unfortunate in like how it had to be how we had to wait so long for it, and then it's in that awkward space where it's like, well, it's a prequel because well, the character's dead. Yeah. But I think there's, I mean, there's a lot to like about Hawkeye though, right. Is what, you know, beyond the fact, you know, just the, it's being a good, good venue for renters 
Hawkeye, but the cast is pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, any highlights for you? I, for me, I, I enjoyed revisiting first Avengers film again at the beginning in that first episode, kind of getting yet another perspective on what was happening there. Tracksuit Mafia is also I think, <laughs> kind of a highlight, kind of bumbling uh, villains. And I've enjoyed the, um, the LARPing uh, aspect too. I, th- I think that's nice little whimsical touch there. I really like the, uh, you know, the callback to the first Avengers film as well, you know, showcasing how Kaylee Steinfeld's character, you know, is kind of you know, begins her journey. That's always fun to see from a different perspective. I, I don't know. I just, I just really, I'm just really enjoying Haley Steinfeld in this, in this role. You know, I'm, I'm really enjoying her character. I'm enjoying how she's, really balancing this great series. She's, she's funny, but she's, you know, and she's confident, but she's also arrogant and (laughs) silly and it all is all working together really well. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, you know, and her being able to riff off of like Jeremy Renner as a straight man here is like, it's a lot of fun to see. Yeah. Just the chemistry alone between those two actors and actors has been like, you know, a highlight for me. But yeah, just it, it just seemed like it, the supporting cast is just again so is great. That feels like it's it's well thought out and like how they're deploying these these actors and these characters. It's such a tight enough series of events, you know. Unlike previous plus, you know Marvel series, you know there's not there's not some sweeping like event that's taking place or you know get, behind, get to the bottom of like why why these old artifacts are like turning up on the, you know, Avenger artifacts are turning up in the black market or, mm-hmm. you know, there's the deal with the watch. We're obviously, you know, it's, you know, watching Clint Barton, like work through like process, you know, how he was Ronin and like deal with that. And like what it means to like see that sword and the old Ronin costume out there, whatever the resolution is going to be to figure it out, you know, what Eleanor Bishop and, um, Jack, you know, are up to, <laughs> you know, it feels secondary to not only just kind of like the day-to-day like uh, adventures of these two characters, but now that we've got Florence Pugh, you know, finally making her debut, that's what I was looking forward to the most was you know, knowing that she was going to be in this, knowing that she stole the show in Black Widow as Yelena Belova, having this telegraphed right with Julie Louise Dreyfus at the, you know, and the Black Widow, you know, set it up to like point her at Clint Barton. However, that situation gets resolved and whatever uh, role that Florence Pugh is going to be playing in this is probably the the next most exciting thing that I'm I'm watching. Yeah, that's kind of the those are the big key elements of the bigger story that that will continue on past Hawkeye. Who are they introducing? Who owns that watch? You know, it's not clear yet. You know, some some friend that he he knows that is out of the running, kind of out, out of commission now, but could still be connected to. Who the big villain is? Speculation I've heard, like Kingpin, might be behind it all. And right, Kate Bishop's mom possibly being some kind of actually second in command or or high up. Uh, operative in that organization. And then obviously, like you said, Lawrence Pugh's character, I think it's obvious she's not going to continue on the line of attacking uh, Hawkeye. Something's going to happen where there's some kind of understanding. 
and then that's where she gets to continue with somebody like uh, Haley Steinfeld's character in the future. That, that this these stories might spin off into either new Disney Plus series or films, possibly even uh, new Avengers kind of stuff. Yeah, it's a, that stuff's exciting to think about. Mm-hmm. Like with two good uh, young and f- young female actors in particular too, which the MCU needs more of. Exactly right. I mean, that's an unfortunate you know, reality we've seen over these last you know dozen years or so. Of, but yeah, I, I mean, yes, absolutely. I mean, hundred percent. You know, Florence Pugh and Haley Steinfeld taking over basically for Renner and Scarlett Johansson. Mm-hmm. It was a huge, huge win. Yeah, <laughs> you know, pushing characters forward, pushing the franchise forward, and in, in a direction, you know, two really magnetic, you know, actors and two fun and interesting characters. And to me, it's like, yes, I would love to see more like Disney Plus streaming, you know, content, you know, because it's like it's it's a lot of fun to consume that. Especially, you know, you get multiple, you get six episodes or eight episodes or whatever, and it, it it's you get a lot of time to spend with those characters but to me it's like those two characters and those two actors feel like it would be hard to contain them in that venue like it's like they're like begging for like a bigger to be featured and you know just like just like Florence Pugh has already like I said kind of stole the show in Black Widow we didn't get a chance to talk about this when you know a few months back when we finally watched Black Widow that was the most perplexing thing to me at the end of all of the you know, everything that happened in Black Widow and the end credit scene where, you know, Julia Louis-Dreyfus comes along and they they do what they did. They, they set it up to like be, we'll see her next in on Disney Plus, where the entirety of that film, I'm just like, all I'm thinking is like, I mean, she's Black Widow. I mean, she's, yeah. she's, she's fits, she, she fits easily in this slot, you know, that, Scarlett Johansson has had for the last decade. And then to all of a sudden be like, oh no, actually we're, she's, we're demoting her, <laughs> or, you know, or we got to send her down to the minors for a little bit, you know? And that felt so strange to me. And I hope it's only like a, a brief interlude, you know, to serve the purpose of maybe connecting her with Kate Bishop in this, you know, in this setting, you know, and have a, the crossover with, with Jeremy Renner, Renner's Clint Barton, before we send them back up to the big show. Yeah. It's a natural move to put, put them in something, or maybe they're trying to build as they do these shows, you know, trying to build young Avengers. And, you know, that's why they're put back, like you said, put back in the minor leagues for a bit to try to do that through Disney plus maybe rather than through individual films, but that might be a mistake. You know, there's something something special about how the MCU did that with the other Avenger characters, you know, building them from these single films into that larger film. And it, the audience comes to know them, comes to care for them. And then that's when you can then put them together and have something bigger. For a franchise that kind of like, kind of hit its like, seemed to have hit like it's like golden age, right? And like, they capped off everything really strong in the, you know, that last phase of Avenger. Avenger hero movies, right? Capping off with the final Infinity Wars and Endgame. Uh, it's kind of remarkable that they're still like, even though there's a lot of about, oh, okay, how do you, you know, 
how do you replace, you know, Robert Jr., you know, and Chris Evans and, you know, and obviously there's now there's Chadwick Boseman, you know, that, you know, lost to have to absorb, but they're still in like pretty great position because there's so many great actors, so much talent that like <laughs> just gets absorbed into like the Marvel universe. Uh, it's like limitless. Jesus, we got Oscar Isaac. That's gonna yeah, <laughs> it's right. gonna be like in a in a Marvel. Oh, you, know, you know these are amazing actors. Yeah, I mean, I mean, after you know enjoying Hawkeye, you know, as unexpectedly, you know, as much as I I am now, you know, it's like yeah, I can't wait to see like Shang Chi team up with Florence Pugh and Haley Steinfeld. <laughs> You know, like, yeah, let's do that. That's that's yeah. a lot of fun. And we can, sure, whatever, throw in Spider-Man. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you can have Cumberbatch, you know, kind of over there being grumpy. And, um, <laughs> but let those, let, let those characters shine. You know, that's, that's where the energy is. And that's, you know, mm-hmm. that's what makes me excited about like what they can still do, you know, in this world of like never ending rinse, repeat Marvel superheroes. So anything else, uh, any other lingering thoughts on Hawkeye? No. Other than to say, yeah, it's been enjoyable. Nice kind of light, fair entertainment, really. Not that any of these comic book movies are terribly too deep. Uh, but yeah, let's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're not. <laughs> we're not watching Underground Railroad here. No. <laughs> <laughs> but some of them are slightly more serious. Yeah, this is a good. This is a good spot for particular Marvel show heading towards Christmas under any circumstances, but I think in particular, you know, where we are right now in the real world, kind of still struggling to come out of like a pandemic haze, you know, and kind of get things back to normal. And it's like a lighthearted superhero-ish adventure Christmas series feels good and just unapologetically just an enjoyable show to, to take again you know, in December 2021. <laughs> yeah.